0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by LaCrosse Boots. Now, if you guys haven't had the opportunity to check out the Navigator Series, it's a brand new lineup from LaCrosse. They have the Windrose for men and women. They also have the Atlas and that's what I wore during my rut vacation this fall. Check them out. They're very comfortable. Uh, It's a traditional rubber boot kind of mixed with a traditional hunting hiking boot they've mashed it together and the outcome is the navigator series check it out at lacrossefootwear.com this is the hunting gear podcast and just like the title implies we cover all things hunting gear and equipment from discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases i'm your host dan johnson and this episode of the hunting gear podcast starts right now All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Bob Polanik. Bob,
1: how the hell are you, man? I'm doing just fine. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Is your, is your full name Robert? That is the name they gave me, yes. Uh, now, do,
0: do your parents call you Bob, or do they call you Robert?
1: Uh, I think they wanted to make life easier on me so they called me Bob. Yeah. Forwards and backwards the same, same spelling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's they, funny. They, yeah, they knew. They knew I was going to struggle with life so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I tell you what, um that's we made it real simple for the most part uh for our kids, you know, like the Ava, A V A. Uh Mac, M A C K. Uh, now, this is where we get thrown for a loop, but Knox, K-N-O-X, right? He's going to have to learn the, you know, K-N-O-X part. But for the most part, some solid names, real simple. You know, it's not like Roberta or <laughs> – I don't know why right. that was the first name that <laughs> popped into my head. But Roberta or Jeremiah or whatever. Um, my name is Daniel. My my mom and dad and my family members call me Daniel. Everybody else calls me uh Dan uh, I had this one guy in uh, my church who used to call me Danny and I almost got in a physical altercation with him because even <laughs> even after I told him hey man you can call me Dan uh, that's fine he's like hey Danny how's it going Danny I'm just like dude I'm not a Danny so don't call me Danny please
1: gotcha gotcha we'll, I won't
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you know now you know yep. well let's uh you know for everybody who's listening right now, we've already done a podcast where we talked about our uh, successful uh, rut vacation. So you can go to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, either on the Sportsman's Nation uh, Whitetail feed or the Nine Finger Chronicles standalone uh, feed and check out that that episode. And we're not really going to get into too much about the strategy and, and how we did. This is the Hunting Gear podcast. We're going to talk about the gear that we used throughout this rut, and um, I think this is a good this is a good episode. It's not going to be too terribly long. Just to recap, what we liked, what we disliked about some of the products that we used, and um, you know, tried. I know I tried some new things, and um, uh, I was really pleased with some of them. I was not pleased with uh, some of the other stuff. So I uh, I'm going to kick things off real quick. And I want to talk real quick about Ozone, right? Uh specifically Ozonics. They are a partner of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. And I feel like I really need to talk about this their their products specifically and how Ozone works specifically because I don't know about you. Do you first off, do you use Ozone in any way?
1: I don't. I use that uh on the impulse buy, I bought that wild game innovations, um, like that pure ion exchange thing. And then I told you about it and then you absolutely destroyed all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> you, told me, <laughs> you told me the science behind it wasn't, it doesn't do anything. So, so did you I, use it during this? Ride? I, I did. And? But, uh, yeah, definitely got blown at <laughs> downwind. <laughs> um, but The other thing is, is by the time that I was actually using it it was kind of when I was pushing in and really pushing the wind because, and it was for my, it was when my wife was hunting and I was sitting with her and trying, she was trying to fill her tag and we had like two days left. But like, I just had noticed overall, we'd been hunting that farm for, you know, quite a bit for like basically three weeks. And, um, the first week, I mean, deer would be downwindy and they don't even care, um. And I think by the second, third week, they kind of just started realizing, like, all right, that is a hunter that I keep smelling. That's a human that I keep smelling. You know, that's not normal. Um, sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. You could just see that by the time we were into mid-November, they were, they were getting a lot more squirrely if they were smelling us yeah. compared to the the first week I was out there.
0: Right. So. And, and, you know, a lot of that could be uh, the wind. It could be several things that— You know, we can't see our scent, so we really don't know if the scent is making it to these deer or not, but man, I don't know, without it sounding like some kind of pitch, me trying to sound like a salesman, I'm going to tell you right now that I hardly washed my clothes at all during the rut. I helped my uh, stepdad drag a couple does out of the timber one night, blood on my you know, some blood on my camo mud. Uh, I'm not the guy who takes my camo off, puts it in a tote and, you know, keeps it 100% free, you know, hundred percent, uh, sent free, uh, went to the gas station, went into, uh, st- gas stations and stores with my camo on. And, you know, I just take my clothes off. Uh, when I get back to the camp, run a, run the clothes through the dry wash cycle and that I feel confident in it, um, and then uh, mostly just the base layers. Um, you know, I am not too terribly concerned about my shells, and my overalls, and my my uh, my shell coats. They uh, they pretty much just hung in the garage, or you know maybe I run a run a cycle through them. But most of it, if it touched my skin, I ran I ran it through the dry wash bag, including my socks, and in the tree, dude, I got blown at. Two times this entire, my entire 13-day rut, and I'll tell you uh, why and when. The first one, I get to the tree, I climb up, and the deer starts blowing at me before my Ozonics is turned on, right? So that deer knows that I'm there, and there's no, no Ozonics running. I put the Ozonics in the air. The deer already knew, and she kept blowing and blowing and blowing and blowing at me, and then she worked her way away. So I don't think that that would have been a if you're going to run a, a science experiment on that. I don't. She, that deer already had me pegged, and this was in the you know in the dark. Second time I got blown at uh, was let's see when was that? Oh, I'm I'm climbing up a tree again, and a deer I, didn't smell me but saw me. A buck saw me and he started blowing at me. So dude, I don't know how to say it, but I'm a huge believer in ozone, especially ozonics, and that that unit in the tree saved me so many times. They you know and you get a variety of reactions from these deer where they they kind of if they hit if they hit it hard, they may get you know, they they hit that scent stream real hard. Let's say they don't smell it, don't smell it. Then all of a sudden, boom, they smell it. It it, it sends them for a little shock and they get tense. But then they kind of realize, hey, man, that's not necessarily a threat smell. So I'm just going to keep going. Or I'm, I might work it. you know, come to investigate. Uh, the does, they'll come, you know, sometimes they'll get their, they really want to find out what that smell is. They'll get their nose in the air and then they'll work. But they don't blow. And I had deer underneath. I had three-year-old, I had a three-year-old buck underneath of my stand i would say within 10 feet of the tree for 45 minutes one day he was just staring at a doe across this crick, and he, he was keeping her trying to keep her in this bedding area and uh he stood underneath of my stand now whether my scent was going straight down he walked through my my perceived scent cone at one time and you know it's just like i don't care i don't really care how old the deer is you know some deer are young they're they're, they're not as smart, but man, I don't know. It just, this year it worked so well for me. Um, could be a combination of my, of the wind could be a combination of the, uh, combination of the wind and how it was going. Uh, it could be the unit itself. It could be thermals, a whole bunch of different varieties, but I will tell you this, that it's one of those products that it will be in my bag as long as I'm a bow hunter.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm at the point that, um, next year I'm planning on going back to Iowa and last year, uh, I think the last day I had, um, I had the two biggest bucks probably of my entire life in bow range, uh, and, and they winded me or the does that one of the bucks was on winded me. And, um, I don't know, the Iowa tag and that hunt, it's, uh, it's pretty special. It's pretty expensive, And I think that, yeah, I'll probably invest in Ozonics next year. Uh, I have a question. So does it come, does it come like with a, you say a dry wash, does it come with like a a scent-free bag and then you can just use like that Ozonics machine that you put in the tree, you can use it like with your clothes? Well,
0: the unit comes separate, right? So you'd have to purchase the dry wash bag as well, except, well, let's see, I think the Nine Finger Chronicles actually has a discount code to where if you buy a unit, you can get the – let me see here. I'm looking at my discount codes here. Yeah. If you enter the discount code NFC19, you get um, a, a dry wash bag for free with the purchase of a unit. So okay. that's, that's that's good, but you're still – you know, you still got to front the money for, for the unit. Um, this year I was using the Orion, but they have the HR300, and I'm not sure if they have the HR230 anymore. But either way – I mean, they're putting up out whatever unit you buy. I mean the the Orion, the new one puts out a ton of ozone and has the, a dry wash cycle as well. but uh, so it's one of those things where if your buddy has one and you don't if you feel uncomfortable about spending that much money, I really think that a guy would let you borrow it for a couple hunts and say, "Okay, man, well, just test yeah. it out before you invest in you know in that amount of money." Um, and then I'm telling you, it's worth it. In my opinion, it's worth it. Uh, now you can hunt the wind, you can do whatever you want, you know, say, oh, I'm going to hunt the wind, but this allows me to be real aggressive in my, my wind setups. And, uh, it allowed me to, from a strategy standpoint to, to be a little bit more aggressive. And I'll be honest with you in the, tr- in the tree that I killed my buck in this year, I was on a real aggressive wind cut and, uh, I had deer walking like young, young spikes, a couple of young does walking through my scent cone down the ridge and then they would walk through it and pass me and I had, you know, no problems. So, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, you know, not to try to sound like a horror, but that's too,
1: no, I'll, I'll every, you. every, you know, every review, anyone that uses it, it's, it, they all say the same thing. It works. Yeah. Everyone that uses it has a positive review. I have not found any negative reviews on and. and anything to do with uh, ozonics so yeah. on top of that when you're when you're rut hunting i mean especially if you're traveling kind of like i do it's and you're getting you get permission randomly on a new farm like while you're there in november you don't exactly know how the deer move yeah you know right. and it's the rut they can kind of come from anywhere yeah and they so. do
0: especially uh what i found is younger deer seem to just run wild across the terrain as far. And, and then the older bucks, what they'll do is they'll stick to travel corridors unless yeah. they're on it, on a doe. But, um, either way, uh, it, ozone technology, I think played a huge role, plays a huge role in my gear setup throughout the year. Um, other than that, man, you know, the moat, and I know you are uh lone wolf tree stands. Uh, you're, you're a lone wolf guy. I'm a lone wolf guy just, I think I mentioned in an Instagram tweet or Instagram tweet an in Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm almost 40. Nice. Like I turned 30, I turned 39, uh, last week or two weeks ago and I'm starting to say dumb shit like that. <laughs> like oh, I I tweeted it or whatever. It's a Twitter. It's a tweet tweeted or whatever. But, uh, 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 lone wolf, dude, I was up and down trees and I am, I wasn't, I had three stands that were in historically good rut locations that were set up before the season even started and now i there was one of those tree stands i didn't even hunt another one i hunted twice and another one i hunted twice And the rest of the time was me tearing up and setting down, tearing up and setting down, tearing up and setting down, trying to get in the right tree, in the right location. And there was times where I wasn't even four sticks high, man. I I stayed low because I didn't want to have to trim any branches out. I didn't bring a pole saw in with me on any of these hunts this year. So just stayed low, three sticks high, and maybe 12 feet in the air, and that's it. It co- yeah. you know, compared to some sometimes i i get if it's a little bit more wide open i'm getting you know close to 18 to 20 and um so a lot of running and gunning a lot of being mobile and there's there's only a handful of tree stands on the market that allow you to to do that and lone wolf is one of them and i'm a huge believer of first time in best time in Or you get into one of these areas, you hunt it once, you back out for like five days, then you can go back in and hunt it again uh, without having to, you know, do any setup. And it's almost like it's a brand new set again. And I, I just love, I just love hunting like that.
1: Absolutely. I also, I mean, Lone Wolf has a, what, a half inch pad on it, on the seat. And it's, it's insanely comfortable for what it is. Yeah. I mean, the, the adjustability if they weren't if they weren't as expensive as they were and I wasn't so scared of them being stolen i mean every hang on that i that i have would be a lone wolf but that's a little it's a little pricey i think i've got between michigan and like nebraska and iowa i think i've got like 20 tree stands out there so that's like you're talking yeah. thousands of dollars which is uh, unreal but um yeah they're just i i love sitting in them cuz they're just so comfortable they're very quiet like it's all it's all one piece it's all cast right so you know you don't have any of that tack weld going on that separates and creaks when it gets cold and stuff like that which drives me bonkers yeah but um yeah
0: so when on when you say you're afraid of them getting stolen like for me i have more tree stands than i do the number of sticks that will allow me to set up on all those tree stands so what i do is I'll set I'll set up, you know, I'll run and gun in and then sometimes I'll leave the tree stand up, but I'll take the sticks down so I can use those set of sticks on multiple different tree stands. Does
1: that right. make sense? Yep, yep, yeah. I do the same. I usually take the bottom two.
0: Yep, bottom two, uh, three depending on how many, you know, what I need. So uh, that's that's uh, that's another reason why I only went three sticks high on my last three three or four tree stands because I only had three sticks left. So it was by default, I only had to go i only could go three sticks high, but uh, it worked out as long as you have a good back you know good backdrop and it's just easy so what i what I do is I don't throw my sticks on my tree stand I put my sticks in a bow holder an over the shoulder bow holder, and so I carry my bow I got my sticks over my shoulder in a in a bow holder, and then the tree stand is on my back and the the reason I do that is because I don't like having to take my backpack off, t- take all everything off of my pack. I just want to walk to a tree and start setting up. Yep. So, yep. so there's that. Um, anything else, any other tree stands that you, that you used this year that were new or that you would recommend or would not recommend,
1: you know, not, not tree stands, but I have been using the, um, I've got a lot of preset, um, Hang ons and climbing sticks and stuff like that. Just with my wife hunting and stuff like that, it's just it's so much easier to right. just have the preset tree stand. Um, muddy climbing sticks. The twenty foot muddy climbing sticks. They've got like a coating on them that makes them silent. They, you know, you have some aluminum climbing sticks where um, each foot peg, like the the aluminum, is hollow and that end is open and it can. Uh, Echo like with every footstep, or you know, if you'd have a wedding ring on or something like that and it clings on it. Um, but muddy like they have a plastic insert that seals like the hollow, yeah. Um, step and it just it's a, it's a much more silent and all the sticks it's five sections and they're 20 feet tall. Well, it, it, they equal 20 feet and they all bolt together. and I've just found, um, putting a lot of preset, you know, permanent sets up. It's just a very quiet way to, uh, they're, they're light, they're affordable, and it's a quiet way to get up and down your tree. Gotcha. So I, I've become a pretty big fan of those. And that's, you said that's muddy? Yep, that's muddy. Gotcha. But that's not like
0: a run and gun setup. That's a more no. of a permanent setup. Okay,
1: gotcha. Right, right, gotcha. Right. Is that easy to
0: get into the timber?
1: It's five four foot sections. Okay. Um, it's not the easiest because it's got like the, you know that bracket that keeps the sticks off the tree, but it's something that you're going to want to use. You know preseason, you oh, know gotcha. get get it out there, get it up. Um, I think everyone can enjoy a a preset tree stand where you just put your camo on, grab your bow, and go climb up a tree and sit there. It's very it's, it's nice and easy if you're just doing an observation stand or you know yeah whatever it might be. So yeah, but not just. Just noticed we started using those a lot and just, they seem to be, I've actually been buying them off, uh, Facebook marketplace used and, um, just really like them a lot.
0: Yeah. Real quick. When you go to look for hunting gear, used hunting gear, cause I know you said uh, a while ago, you mentioned you spend a lot of time looking for discounted hunting gear or you're using, um, uh, whatever, uh, like Facebook marketplace or other places. Where do you go to look for used hunting gear?
1: Um, archery com is really good. Rockslide, R O K S L I D E.com. They're classified is really good. And then, uh, Facebook marketplace is really good. And then, um, um this isn't, this isn't used, but dot That's a, they've always got everything on their sites, always 40 to 50% off. It's all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Cool. All right. So uh, now, do you have your handful uh, a handful of like really cheap fifty dollar? I see. I every once in a while I'll see an ad come up for like these tree stands that they're not name brand at all, but it just tree stand forty five bucks. You can buy them at like a uh, Farm and Fleet or Tyson's mm-hmm. or any. Mm-hmm. Have you ever purchased a tree stand like that? Oh yeah. Dude, I haven't I don't for some reason number one I don't necessarily trust them for some reason number two they they can only work in straight trees perfectly vertical trees and if yeah the, if the uh, uh, platform is if the tree leans one way or the other you're 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 leaning one way or the other and I've noticed this that this year I set a tree stand up in the dark and I couldn't necessarily level it out like I wanted it to just because it was dark out. I couldn't see very well. I was running a little behind, so I got it up, and, I, and there was a slight tilt. And when you're standing on a slight tilt, for me, I noticed that my legs get fatigued really easy, and I started having back problems uh, when I sit in those crooked tree stands. So that tells me right there, like, I can't, man, I can't do that. I can't do that if it's one of those, if unless it's a stri- perfectly straight tree, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I uh those types of hang-ons that you're talking about, yeah, I I came across like a Walmart special where they had uh just like your your small, I don't know what the name brand was, but they're small. They were like originally 50 bucks, they were all on sale for 20. So I bought five of them. And you know, assembled them all, but you're right, there's there's no adjust to them. So you it's almost like an art. You got to walk through around the woods. I like a slight lean back. Um and that's, that's going to be your most comfort. If you're leaning forward, I just, I would just walk away from that tree. I won't even set up anything in it, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so, let's see here. Talk a little bit about uh, tree stands there. What's, uh, what's next on your list that you want to talk about?
1: As far as new gear, I, um I got the, a new backpack this year. And I sell film and stuff like that, so. Um, I was running the Sica tool bucket, yep, and that worked pretty well. But it doesn't hold its form very well, especially if you're if you're using camera gear and stuff like that. So I always had a um, a serial like Tupperware, like tall and narrow, and I would slide my slide my um, video camera in there just for protection, so the bag didn't like collapse on it. You know, when you're cinching everything to it. Right. Um, I ended up going with a, a Mystery Ranch. Uh they're a backpack company. I don't they're not super popular. Um they're more popular out out west for like elk hunting stuff like that. Um but they have a backpack called the Treehouse. And uh I absolutely love it. It is, in my opinion, it is a complete upgrade from something like the uh Sikatua bucket, which I love the Sikatua bucket, very easy to get in and out. Um the Mystery Ranch Treehouse has a uh, as a quiet way to open the lid just like that Sikatuo uh, bucket does um but it's just it's it's taller and uh, a little narrower and for like you know a camera arm and stuff like that it just it fits everything a little bit better um also it it keeps its form and then with all mystery ranch backpacks it's uh the the torso of the backpack um it, it's adjustable so okay. you can adjust it to so so anyone you know if someone's five foot five or someone like me that's six foot two it's adjustable to, to each of us that right. range you know what i mean yeah where it's the Sikatua bucket that's its biggest downfall is it is one size yeah you can't adjust that so i gotcha so
0: yeah. one thing that i uh noticed uh on my backpack this year was uh, you know after we had that after we had that uh, uh, guy from Sitka on the podcast, he sent me the Fanatic backpack.
1: Yeah, and, how'd you like
0: that? Um, I I used it for about three days, then I stopped using it, and here's why. When I go up the tree, and this is just how I hunt, right? I have my back my uh, backpack strapped to my tree um, or my tree stand strapped to my backpack. So when I climb up my climbing sticks, I'll pull out a screw and a hook, I'll screw it in, I'll hang my backpack off that, and then I'll one hand kind of, I have my uh, climbing belt on, but I like to have one hand kind of on the tree, one hand to take the buckles off. Well, with the Fanatic backpack, there's not buckles. It's uh, a system where it's almost like a T. Right. The the belt comes to the end of the belt and then it's a T with like it must be a plastic piece in there and the fabric goes around of it. So you lay it flat, slide it through the loop and then you open the T up and that's what keeps everything in uh, strapped down tight. Now, if you strap it down tight, it's really hard to get that that belt off one handed because you got to I don't know unlike a buckle where you just pinch your fingers and it opens up, right? right. So yeah. I stopped using the Fanatic backpack for that reason only, because I could not, I, I had to lean over and hold the stand or, or use two hands to try to get it out, and I just, I wasn't having that after a couple of tries, and I'm just like, okay, I got to go back to the tool bucket so I can do this more efficiently for right. the, the way I set it up. So I get it, it's quiet, but at the same time, uh, I think that backpack is more for guys who are, uh, I don't know, doing it different than me, or maybe on permanent setups. But yep. for me, I move around so much that, you know, and I'm not I'm not a guy who is so concerned about being stealthy. I feel like if you're in the right, I mean, I don't I don't like bulldoze into the timber and start banging all my metal and clips around. Um, I work. I I hunt on an active farm I mean there's tractors moving there's implements banging around and I understand that you know any type of noise close to a bedding area is probably isn't good but I'm, I guess I'm careful enough to where uh, if I make a little dink on a buckle hitting a tree stand or something like that I'm, I guess I'm okay with it um, I've never really set up a tree stand and had just deer blow out of the timber because it was so loud, you know what I mean? So those little buckles, when you pinch them together, they kind of make a a quick pop and sometimes they would bump against the tree stand. But you know, I'm, I'm 15 feet in the air. It's not like for me, I just, I didn't feel like it was, it was that big of a deal. So that's why I went for the one reason I could, I could unbuckle my tree stand from my back or from my pack with one hand is why I went back from the fanatic pack to the tool bucket uh, for the rest of the rut. So that's how I did. And um, a little bit more compartments in there that allowed me to, you know, keep my Ozonix screw and mount my Ozonix, my tree hook um, and all the other, you know, I put all my other camo into the, like my outer layers into the backpack or strap it to the backpack and, um, you know, that's what I walk in it with. So, uh, just not, uh, the only thing negative is that, you know, I would love it if they put the buckles back on it, like the, the tool, the tool bucket buckles on the fanatic backpack, but right. I, I get why they did it. Cause it, it's, I guess quieter. So, but you yeah. know, it's just like at some point, does it really matter?
1: Yeah. I try to stay away from like squeaks and like metal on metal. That's right. my. I try to eliminate those noises a little a little pop not too worried about it um you know if you're if you're doing the running and gunning you're gonna have a little bit of bark scraping with the setting your sticks up and your tree stand up and stuff like that and I think that can almost I've had plenty of bucks come in to that noise I've been halfway up my tree many times and had a buck come in and I think they I think they think it's another deer rubbing on a tree yeah. Another buck rubbing on a tree. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, anything. Could be anything. But mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. So that was the backpacks. Now, I want to kind of go towards the um, – uh, back to the clothing, the gear a second. Now, for me, I know you said you like to get real
1: hot when you walk to the stand, right? You mm. like to get – no. no, no, no. It was only when – it was only that morning that it was negative four.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So when you yeah. get
0: – when you get out of your truck and you start walking to the tree stand, what are you wearing? I'm
1: typically, if it's, I'm typically wearing, um, I mean, it's temperature dependent, but you know, if it's going to be, if it's 20 degrees and a high of 35 or something like that, I've pretty much got everything on except for my fanatic jacket. That is, I, even when it was negative four, I didn't wear that all the way in. I, I keep that strapped to my backpack and I put it on once I get up in my tree. Right. So, and then if I, if it's, if it's a little warmer out, um, you know, and it's not windy, I'll go like fanatic light bibs versus like stratus bibs. If it's windy, I'll go with the stratus bibs for the wind blocker. And then if it's uh if it is a, a you know, if it's the afternoon and I'm walking out for an evening sit, there's a lot of times I'm walking out with, um, the sides all the way unzipped, you know, and letting the, letting my legs breathe as I walk, but. Typically, I'm I'm always just walking in with the jacket strapped to my backpack, and uh, everything else is pretty much on. Gotcha. Yep,
0: that's something similar, depending on how cold it is. Right this year, I mean, there was three days where it was zero degrees when I went to the tree stand, so I was wearing my uh, um, my base layers and uh let's see uh i was wearing my merino my sitka merino base layer and then i had the fanatic hoodie over top of that and then i had my uh core lightweight pants uh or my core lightweight bottom and then i went to shields and i picked up a shields brand that and that's a sporting goods store uh, here in the midwest um, a heavyweight Shields branded base layer. And its I don't think it was merino. It was more synthetic. But it it was thick and it worked great. And then I would put my uh, Sitka pants over top of it. And that's how I would walk to the tree stand, almost to the point where I'm shivering by the time I get to my tree stand. I climb up, that warms me up a little bit. And then I would take my overalls And my uh, other, I'd say I had a shacket, uh, a Sitka shacket that I put over top of my Fanatic hoodie. And on the real cold day, I even wore my Calvin Light, uh, my my Calvin Lightweight uh, insulation layer that I use when I go elk hunting. Then I would throw my overalls over top of that. And um, there's a brand. I got an overalls and a, uh, let's see, it's. And a jacket. And it's their heavyweight stuff from a brand called Element. And I'm telling you, it's like a sleeping bag, dude. It really holds heat in very well. Um, So what I would do is I'd get into the tree stand, take my boots off, slide them back on the tree stand, get my overalls on, put my boots back on, and, uh, and then throw the jacket over top of all of that stuff. And I... I'll tell you what, man, even in those three days, uh, where it was zero degrees walking to the stand, I, it, it holds wind, you know, the wind doesn't cut through it, the, it holds heat really well, um, so I'm saying to anybody out there, for me, if, and this is, this is 100% unbiased, right, there's no, uh, partnership here, but Element Camo, that, uh, um, their outer stuff is really cool, really well made holds heat very well. It's big and puffy. Uh, so, you know, like you said on past episodes, the best insulator is air. And I think that that puffiness that they have in those jackets and overalls really holds insulates and that air doesn't, you know, I don't know how, how necessarily it all works, but whatever they've done it, dude, it worked real well. And, in, in the past, man, I've been so cold with some of my layering systems that I've been shivering. This year, even in the cold weather, that didn't happen. And I think a lot of that has to to do with how I addressed my feet this year. Um, so that's like my routine going back and forth in, in the outer layer that I wore. But on a past episode, I we had uh, fleet camo. Uh, It's basically athlete without the A at the front end. And uh, we had them on new company. They, uh, you know, a brand new company. I think, I think they're direct to a direct to consumer company. Uh, It's a brand new company. They have their own camo design and they had some Merino base layers and they also had an alpaca base layer. And I know that they sent me and you a couple of, uh, you know, some of their gear as well. And I didn't wear their pants or their jacket because it was just too cold throughout the rut to wear my my base layers were so at that point everything that I needed to wear underneath the jacket was so thick that I couldn't even wear the uh I couldn't even wear their jacket because it was just at that point it became too tight on me. So I, I didn't get a chance to test out their pants and jacket, but I did test out their base layers they have a merino base layer and then they have an alpaca blend base layer and i don't did you get a chance to test out any of their their stuff that they sent
1: i I was the same as you i did not i did not test out the well the pants that i got were a little too big so i kind of ruled that i was going to wear that stuff early season and see how i liked it it's definitely very quiet and i like i think the the jacket has a nice like uh Tail on the back side of it to kind of keep like any draft out or anything like that. So, I like the way that was designed. I did wear the alpaca uh, base layer top, that was very nice. Again, it, they made it a, a nice and a little bit longer so you can easily tuck it in, which I, I like because some of the Sica Moreno base layers are a little short. They're almost like, and I've got a little bit of a longer torso, but the Sica Moreno base layers can almost become like a belly shirt on me. Um, so yeah, the alpaca base layer top, that was nice. My main complaint was that it was very itchy.
0: Same here. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't know what it is, right? So that alpaca top was so itchy that I wore it one hunt and that was even after multiple (laughs) washes. Um, you know, it's really well constructed, so I'm not sure if it's the material or the process that's used to make it. But, you know, I wouldn't say I have crazy sensitive skin, but it was itchy enough to where I was uncomfortable wearing it. Yeah. So, uh and for the most part, uh th- for that particular piece that uh, alpaca blend base layer was like that. Now, one day just to test it out, I wore their merino uh, their merino base layer as well, and that was way less itchy on the skin, and it wasn't as like the the Sitka merino base layer that I wore, that didn't itch at all. The let's see the base layer, the the Fleet base layer merino that I wore um, only became itchy when I started piling stuff on top of it you know when i was just wearing it walking into the stand not a problem uh once i got when i when i started putting layering stuff on top it just became a little irritating not too terribly bad i toughed it out and i wore it for uh 2 days but i just wanted to get a feel of that compared to the sitka and what i will say for comparing those two particular base layers is that i feel they performed exactly the same okay the only thing was just a slight itchiness, but it wasn't too terribly bad uh, compared to the Sitka, which had no itchiness. And uh, so that might be an alternative for a Sitka type product for people who are looking to have a really good quality merino base layer, but not spend the Sitka money. Is that, yep. you know what I mean? So, yep. but other than that, I couldn't wear the alpaca stuff, it was just way too itchy.
1: Yep, I'm right there with you. Still my my go to for rut time and stuff like that is um Cryptex heavyweight Moreno uh base layer. They're top and bottom. It's it's very thick. It's almost like a wool rug, but there is no itch to it and I like it more than the uh Sica Moreno base layers. Right. So and that's that's a they do a lot of you can buy I think you can pick that up at like Shields or Cabela's stuff like that, but they also do uh direct to consumer as well so and it's it's got a good price point on it too it's not terribly expensive gotcha all right
0: so anything else as far as layers or clothing that you
1: you know I got the I tried the new I got the new fanatic jacket and I was I went a size up so I, I was wearing a large fanatic jacket and I just noticed last year that when it was getting cold and I had everything on I mean I had a Merino base layer, the Fnatic hoodie, and then like a Celsius MIDI. And then um, uh, I'd usually throw like my Jetstream vest on. And then I'd throw my, you know, then I had, you know, Stratus bibs on. And by the time I had all that on and I went to go put my large Fnatic jacket on, I just, it was too, it was getting tight. And I, I started thinking again with air being, you know, the best insulator that I'm just, I was just ruining the insulation of that jacket because I was making it, I was compressing it onto me. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's almost like you're taking, I think one people, they, uh, what people think is I can layer up, but I feel like you need space in between, between your clothing for that air to warm up. I think what happens is, and this is a problem with sometimes the boots, you wear all these socks, you cram them into a boot, and then there's no fluff or no, the, the socks don't work because there's no fluff in it. It's just pressed right against your skin. And uh, maybe the boot's too small for two pair of socks or uh, maybe the jacket that you're wearing over top of your base, you know, your multiple base layers is pressing down the actual base layer and the the garment necessarily isn't working like it's supposed to because there's no fluff.
1: right. right. Well, with the new, I totally agree. with the new fanatic jacket, um, they did some different things to kind of make it a little bit more burr resistant. Um, and then I think they maybe even cut it a little bit bigger. I know they made the neck a lot bigger. So that was one big complaint I had is I couldn't I couldn't get the neck zipped all the way up and on that fanatic jacket, which I think I think this I don't know if the jacket's got the diagonal zipper as well. But if what, any, any piece of Sika gear that has the diagonal zipper, if you can't get it zipped all the way up, you then risk uh, uh, that, that bigger flap that's up by your neck, you risk that getting in the way of your bowstring at full draw, which is always my biggest concern. And I noticed with the new Fnatic jacket, they did two things. One, they made the neck bigger. So you can put all your stuff on, you can have a, a hood in there and everything, um, you know, sitting at the base of your neck if you don't have your hood up, like on the Fanatic hoodie. And you can still get that neck zipped all the way up and have room. So they made the neck bigger. And then also, if you did want that partially unzipped, they put a magnet in there. So that bigger flap that comes over would be, would they had a magnet at the corner of it and they had a magnet in the shoulder of the jacket. So it would stay compressed to, you know, you'd have a slim profile. So if you were at full draw, you wouldn't get that. Wouldn't get in the way of your bowstring. Because for me, when I'm at full draw, one of the one of my knocking points is my fletching that's pointed up touches my bottom lip. Ah. Just, uh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, now, anything else as far as layers are concerned?
1: You know, I. You know, on the impulse uh, buy uh, podcast we did, I had bought the. The Alpha Burley 1600s. Yeah, I tried different ways of socks with those, and I can honestly say I did not feel that those were any warmer than the 800s. Okay. Okay. For whatever for whatever reason. Right. So.
0: And I don't know, man. I think I honestly think when you have a boot sock combo, just you're just wearing socks whether it's one layer or two layers or it's a big thick one or a thin one or you're wearing a, a big rubber boot, I don't care what the brand is, a big rubber boot, that boot is destined to be the same temperature as the air outside. So if the air outside is frozen, you, that boot is going to be frozen. And last year, even putting hand warmers in the toes of my rubber boots. And I've had the same experience with, uh, I've had the same experience with muck boots. Uh, and what's the other uh, brand, not lacrosse, but there's another brand of, of big rubber boots. I'm trying to think. I-
1: Irish setter. Uh, I,
0: I, I know I've had those in the past, but I, I can't remember. I don't know if it was e- either way that, that is just a conductor for cold, you know, that, that coldness and you just can't win. I, I, they're great for marching through the timber. They're great for, um, you know, walking through a marsh or keeping your feet wet. If you got to cross a, or feet dry, if you got to cross a Creek, but I just, without something else like a heated insole or something in the cold temperatures and you're just sitting there for four hours, you know, five hours at times or all day, depending on your hunting style, I just don't think you can win. So that kind of leads me to what I did this year. And one of my impulse buys was those Arctic shield boot covers this year. Right. So Uh my boot that I wore was actually uninsulated. I wore two pair of, um, Geez, I forget the brand. Uh, they're they're an alpaca blend sock uh, from man. What is that? Uh, the Prevail is the name of the sock from uh, Altera. Altera alpaca. So I wore two pair of those in an un- uninsulated boot. Walked to and from the tree stand, and this is the uh, what was it? The Atlas from Lacrosse. That this boot is awesome. Not gonna lie, it's an awesome boot, uh, and it. All the you know all their boots have all boots have different purposes, right if I was going to be out in the mountains hiking around i 'd go back to my Crispies. but this is awesome because it's a rubber boot that's kind of been mashed with a traditional hunting boot it's got the waterproofing around the bottoms, but it's also kind of it's got leather as well around there the The ones that I wore were uninsulated, so here 's what i did i I just walked to my tree stand. And it's easier to get up and down um, uh, these tree stands with your Alpha Perli, um, with your Alpha Burli Pros because you're sitting there. That's a big boot, especially if you got a lot of ins- insulation. Any big rubber boot climbing up and down a tree stand is a, more difficult than if you're wearing a hunting boot, right? So oh, yeah. when I get to the top, I would whip out these uh, these Arctic Shield boot covers throw them over top and I'm telling you there was o the coldest morning is the only morning that I got somewhat cold my feet got somewhat cold one morning now typically in the past I'm wearing uh these you know the big rubber boots brand whatever brand it doesn't matter and my feet are getting cold so it is it was crazy so on the cold morning, I ended up putting a boot or uh, I would uh, end up putting a, uh, man, hand, a couple hand warmers in the boots as well as the rut went on. And my feet were toasty warm. So I think that you can get away with a lesser insulated boot and spend 50 bucks and buy these Arctic Shield boot covers, throw a couple hand warmers in there. And the next thing you know, you have an absolute, your feet are warm the rest of the hunt. I had no problems. It, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, of all the purchases I've made in the last handful of years, those Arctic Shield boot covers are, would probably be number one.
1: Interesting. Good to know. Good to know you're and you're absolutely right about the the alpha burlies that is a big boot I wear a size 12 and I those are a size 13 just so I have extra room in there for a heavy pair of wool socks um, I think for whatever reason uh, the 800s were were still my go-to I wore the 1600s on the really cold days and uh, I, I mean I tried everything I tried just one one uh one pair of uh Heavy wool socks. I tried a really light pair of Moreno socks with a, a medium pair of wool socks. I always had space in the boot because you know it's a size bigger. Yeah. But I just don't. I was blown away at how cold my feet were wearing those sixteen hundreds. And I don't know if it's because you know they're sitting in my they're sitting in my truck, and when I get you know when I'm getting dressed in the morning, yep. they're you know they're they're as cold as whatever the low is. You know if they're if they're twenty degrees and I put my feet in there. And my feet don't warm the entire insulation up by the time I get to my tree stand. I think it just keeps my feet at whatever temperature it got to, and then it just slowly decreases as as the morning goes on or the day goes on. Yeah. So I
0: mean, you're you're behind the eight ball at that point. And that's one thing that I've learned in the past is I bring my boots in the house with me, so they are warm and not cold. Let's say like uh, my my clothing is all outside, so when I go into the garage to get dressed my clothes is all cold but my body will warm it up and that rubber on those boots takes a long time to to warm up especially if they've been sitting there and then you know you drive to the you drive to your property get out whatever wherever you're at and then you you go and it's just I don't know man I just feel like keeping the feet warm it's very difficult and I I hear you know, people do different things. One guy told me, uh, Hey, I put a pair of wool socks on. Then I'll take a gallon, a, a gallon, uh, Ziploc bag, throw it over top of my sock. Then I put another sock over top of that. And then I put it in my boot and that keeps me warm. And I think what's happening is that heat can't necessarily, ex- it, it can escape from the foot through the sock, but it doesn't escape through the, the layer of plastic which is the plastic bag and that keeps it but at some point that moisture has to go somewhere
1: right yeah I wonder I I wonder if he's yeah keeping the moisture just right close to his feet and then all the other insulation is is dry and stays warmer that's a good because my feet do sweat yeah yep so I that's one that was the one thing that was nice about having uh, a set of 800s and a set of 1600s is that if my, if one boot got, um, all sweaty from, you know, the walk out in the morning, the walk back to the truck after the morning hunt, yeah. I was able to put, you know, dry boots on for the evening hunt. So, yeah. cause a lot of times we're staying, right. We're getting down at 11, going back to the truck, grabbing a bite to eat. And then we're right back up in the tree by 1231, something like that. So, right. Right. You know,
0: uh the uh, the i guess the only thing i really noticed with those arctic shield boot covers is that you know when my feet were cold uh previously before i started wearing them uh they they'd be just like f- freezing cold right you know like to the point where you, it starts to hurt a little bit when when you when you get back to the truck and warm them up with this they 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 never got cold but they were a little balmy if, does, if that makes sense. So I could tell the, there might have been a little moisture inside of there and it that uh, it my, the moisture maybe stayed in the boot, but the moisture was not cold. So it was just a little balmy, but not wet and, and not cold. So I would I'd rather deal with that than freezing cold. I mean, I stayed in the tree stand longer than I ever have this year because of those things so I'm a I'm a huge fan of these boot covers and I know there are several brands out there I just my experience is with that Arctic Shield so uh nice. if you're if you're the kind of person who just can't win with your feet try try some of that so um other than that man I I have one thing I want to bitch about and then I'll pass it back to you, but I feel like every year the quality of screw-in hooks become less and less. And I don't know if it's the material that they're used, how they're made, where they're made, where they're manufactured. I'm guessing most of them are made in China. But, man, I just remember years ago, slam it in, screw it in, and worked. Now, maybe it's because I'm getting old or... It's the trees I'm picking. I don't know. But I've just found that some of these screwing steps just take a lot of pressure to get into the tree. And when you're trying to do it with one hand, uh, hanging from a lineman's belt or whatever, I just feel like – do you have a, a go-to brand? Mine, mine were almost like generic. I bought a three-pack for 5 bucks.
1: Yeah, are yours just like the little small ones that are – like you couldn't use it as a climbing –
0: Right, you don't climb. Like a, this is just to hang stuff on.
1: Okay, yeah. So I use a full blown like climbing screw and step for mine to like hang my like backpack on and stuff like that. I use the Gorilla Vortex Magnum tree step. Yeah. Um it's got it's black with a red tip. Like the the threads that screw in are are red. Those are hands down the best. I mean, I've got some that are five, six years old, they've gotten rusty and stuff like that. And they are, they go right in even like oaks and stuff like that, that are tough. They go right in. And, and I've had great luck with those. That's all I buy anymore. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll tell you what, I took a couple of these out, put them in my pocket. And then when I got to my truck, just threw them right in the bed because man, they're garbage. It it. pisses yeah. me, it, One thing that pisses me off is when you have a process down and then the equipment doesn't perform to your expectation. So you're up there wishing and you're like pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, especially after two or three times. It's the, I just feel like the metal wore down. Yep. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Whatever the point. Yeah. Yeah. The point, the point can get bent. So it just like won't screw into the tree. I've had that happen on some other screw and stuff or like screw hook, stuff like that. But I just, I pretty much nowadays I just say, screw it. And I just bring like one full screw and step. And it's, I've, Not a problem. I've even used it from time to time. I've used it as to create a pilot hole for my bow arm. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's definitely something I'm going to be looking into the accessory game and how easy it is to uh, screw into a tree because I, I understand it was only five bucks, but I expect that, I expect a product like that if it's especially if it's made out of metal to la to almost be able to use multiple years right It's 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 basically a screw right and I know screws are meant to hold things together one time, but the material man i i would pay i would probably pay ten dollars for three uh screw in hooks if they were they didn't bend they were really high quality uh and i don't know I just feel like that is a, an accessory that I rely on because if you have a real heavy backpack and that that hook's going to bend and like you, you have equipment in there that if it falls, it could break, right? If I drop my Ozonics, there goes five hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and or whatever, and I don't know. So that just that's one thing that pissed me off. Um, but other than that, I, for me, all the gear that I. Uh, used lived up to my expectations nothing nothing game-changing nothing um you know i don't know what about you
1: well one big thing that i switched up was my harness so i went from i went from the full body harness and i noticed i was using a hunter safety system like the bow the lightweight bow harness or something like that. They're, light, they're lightweight version, whatever it is. Yeah. I went from that to a rock climbing harness. The reason was I was noticing that long days in a tree stand with all my gear on and stuff like that, that it just felt like that harness was always pulling down on my shoulders. And it was really just, it was compressing my back more than it needed to be. Because, I mean, by the time you throw you throw bibs on, you throw just sitting in a tree, poor posture, I mean... I don't know about you but after five days or more of straight bow hunting i mean your back's pretty worked over right yeah so i i went to the rock climbing harness where it just goes it literally just goes around your waist and your legs um it, it saved my back my i came out of a three week rut hunting trip with my back in way better shape than it's ever been in right. um so it's not, it's not ideal. I don't know if it's a safe. It's, I don't, I, I can't say that it's a safe as a, as a full body harness just because of where it hooks up to you. I mean, it literally, your tether goes around the tree and then it hooks to the front of like where your crotch is. Right. So if you fall off your tree stand, I'm not exactly sure what happens. My wife even asked me like, are you going to fall? like if you fall, you're going to end up upside down yeah, and just slide right out of this thing. So I don't, I don't think I would have, but, um, and then it also, I liked it a lot more for, um, as far as like, if I had to turn in a tree stand, I didn't have like, I didn't have a line from my back to the tree. Like the shot I took on, on the second buck that I killed this year, I had to do like a full 180 in my tree stand. And if I would have done that, with the way a full body harness works with that coming off like where you're you know where your neck's at hooked to the tree that would have been gotten in the way of my full draw and my elbow being back you know what i mean so and i've even seen it on hunting videos where you guys have to take that shot and they've got they've got the tether line that goes to the tree you know they got it you know almost like pushing up against their head as they're trying to make a shot so I just there was one thing I kind of wanted to eliminate, and and I, I I did like it. Like I said, I don't know if I'm sacrificing a lot of safety by doing that. Um, there's only there's only one way to find out, and that's by falling out of a tree. And I'm not about to test. <laughs> not about to test that. So. Uh,
0: what's the uh, when you put your safety harness on? What part in of your layering system does that go on?
1: The outer with the with the rock climbing harness the. The outer, I guess it would have been the same for, if it was full body, I'd put it on, uh, before I walked out to my tree stand. Yeah. And then, you know, you throw your jacket on, you slide the, if it's a full body harness, you slide the tether through the neck area and then you're, you're hooked on. But so that would be there. It, it ends up being the same with the rock climbing harness. Cause it just goes around my outer layer of my, you know, my bibs basically. So, yeah. So
0: for yep. me, I put on my base layers uh, and then I put my safety harness on and then I layer over top of that. Um, I found that to be way more comfortable than having my safety harness on the outside of all of my gear. Now, I don't know if that's against protocol or recommendations or whatever, but I haven't, you know,
1: I I feel safe with it. So yeah. uh, Wonder-
0: I, I go on the inside
1: one pro I did hear about a rock climbing harness versus a full body is that if you do fall with a with a rock climbing harness you're gonna end up facing the tree if you're hanging there because it's you're attached to like your front side whereas if you fall with a full body you're attached at the back so you could be facing outward and then you'd have to do some rotating to try to climb back up the tree or anything like that so I don't know well
0: there's that uh i think uh i'm good to go man anything else that you want to mention
1: um no i didn't switch up a whole lot of gear just was very happy with the uh the backpack and then yeah the um the rock climbing harness so cool man get some boot covers i'm gonna i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna rely on that for those for late season man
1: yeah yeah i'll have to definitely look into it i've been i have been looking into it i knew you were gonna um test them out this year so i kind of wanted to hear your feedback and it looks like it's uh definitely needs to be something that's explored absolutely
0: well hey man thanks for uh hopping on today and uh, good luck to everybody out there who is still grinding out in the timber uh if you want to share maybe tips and tricks how do you guys keep your feet warm or uh the gear that you use go to the nine finger chronicles facebook page send us a message or the sportsman's nation facebook page or instagram feed send us a message we don't have a specific hunting gear podcast social uh, platform right now or just get a hold of bob at what's your instagram
1: uh it's hybrid outdoors
0: hybrid outdoors and uh you know spit some game to him Other than that, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next week.